Good evening. It's great to be here at the first National Family Retreat. We're so glad that you're here to be a part of it with us. And tonight we're going to be talking about something that, um, well, it's titled Unintentional Consequences. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Things that we end up doing many times because we don't pay attention or we don't really know where this decision or these choices are going to take us. I remember we were doing a, a bit of an experiment, experiment in Boulder City, Nevada, southern Nevada, the sunniest place, the best solar place in the nation. And we, after having broken my shoulder here at the, um, the retreat in 2011, I said to my dear wife as we're walking and talking one day, why don't we try out being snowbirds? I can't really be dealing with the snow and the ice and all that stuff. My surgeon said, you can't ever fall on this because I have a titanium shoulder. And uh, you thought it was a pretty good idea. I thought it was a great idea. Ladies, we got to give our husbands credit. Give them time. They come up with fabulous ideas, things that we would never dream of. I'm a Southern girl. I grew up in the South, the Southwest. I was born in California. I crave sunshine. And for our entire married life, we lived in the Northern climate, the Northern states, where you get sunshine in the summer and clouds in the winter. And every winter, I just craved to have sunshine. So when he, th he told me that this day we were walking in Montana, I thought, that is an incredible idea. I couldn't even believe that he would have such a great idea. I was ready to go. <laughs> well, fast forward. <clears throat> we were there for five months living in an RV. And near the very end of that time, I had been morning by morning going out and walking and running on this bike path that was near the RV place where we were staying. And it was such a wonderful experience for me. I would come back and tell my wife, I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. Sunshine almost every day. <laughs> I loved it. I would go out there and, and I would just be talking to the Lord outside. Rarely did I ever run into anybody early in the morning and I'm just saying, Lord, thank you. So, the bike trail, 26-mile bike trail. No, I wasn't running the whole thing or walking the whole thing. But I said to my wife, we have got to ride this bike trail at least one time before we leave Boulder City. Now, we had ridden pieces of it, parts oh, yes. of it, sections of it. But his idea, you remember I said how good guys' ideas can be, right? I just said that, right? Now his idea was, we're going to do the whole 26-mile loop, and we're going to do it before we leave here. Well, that was, we were going to be leaving like in three weeks, you know. We were going to be done with our five months there. I started getting nervous because I thought, wow, I may be able to do the 26 miles, but I may not be able to walk for several days when I'm done. I would be hurting so bad. So I said to him, honey, I just, let's, let's do some warm-ups. We used our bikes to ride into town and get groceries and do kind of fun stuff. I call them lolly rides, you know. And we, like I said, we did some of the trail. But anyway, I said, okay, so one afternoon, 
he said to me, let's go today. Let's start today. Let's go on a warm-up. Let's, you know, do, I don't know, eight, ten miles or whatever. Well, I also had another reason for this, which many people don't know who know this story where we're going with it. That day, I found out that President Obama was going to be driving through Boulder City. He was out there to look at a huge solar installation, one of the largest in the United States. And so I said, if we take the bike trail, we can go right past where his motorcade's gonna be because they're not gonna block that, they're gonna block all the roads, but we can, you know, be kind of interesting to see that, so. My husband, he, he has so many great ideas, doesn't he? It was, <laughs> I thought, isn't that cute? He wants to go see the president. Well, not like we're really going to see him, but, you know, to get to see that. You've only ever seen it on, you know, CNN or a place like that. You've never, ever been close enough. So we're riding along, and sure enough, we saw, I saw. She didn't see. She was watching where she was going. I saw Obama's motorcade. And I said, honey... Look, there it is. She looked, I looked, we collided. And you want to know what the rest of the history is? I watched my dear wife, some of you have heard this story, but it's going to be a different ending, but I watched my wife go over the handlebars, just a little bit ahead of me going over my handlebars. It's a very interesting picture. And the only thing that went through my mind was not me sailing through the air. It, you know, it happens in a split second. The only thought I had is, he cannot fall on that shoulder. That was my whole focus. He, he can't fall, you know? That was my concern. I never thought about my shoulder. All I was thinking about was my wife going over the handlebars. I did it gracefully, right? She did it very gracefully. <laughs> I wish we much. could have had it on video. At least we got something out of it. <clears throat> and on Unfortunately, and, and I, I did fine, and I thank the Lord. I, I did think about my shoulder as I was getting up off the ground, thinking, <laughs> oh, my shoulder. But I was thinking about her, and I said, honey, are you okay? And she said the standard answer. Yes. I'm fine. Well, I looked at her arm, and this isn't supposed to bend right here. This part of the arm doesn't bend. It was 90 degrees. It was a double compound fracture. I used to be in radiology, and you didn't have to be in radiology to know that this was <laughs> this a bad good. break, okay? Well, <laughs> I didn't even know it was broken. I am looking over my shoulder, worried about him, and he's on the ground, he's starting to get up, and I said, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And then I am pushing with my left hand to get up, and my, there's no push power there. And that's when I looked, praise the Lord, I, I felt no pain. I don't even remember, hitting the ground. And when I looked, my, you know, my arm's not, you know, well, I won't be too descriptive, but it didn't look very nice. So all I knew is to, you know, hold it back together so I could lift it up and get myself up, up while he came over and helped me because my arm was like, you know, hanging weird. So the message really isn't about that story, but it was an unintended consequence that day. And that unintended consequence happened because we were not paying attention, okay? To the right thing. To the right thing. We're paying attention to Obama's motorcade. What's the big deal? 
I mean, yes, so I've never seen a presidential motorcade before. But the disappointing news was that he wasn't even in the motorcade. Which we, we found out found later. Out a few months later, talking with one of the police who was in charge of the motorcade. Happened to be on a flight with us sitting next to my wife. He said, well, I hate to tell you this, he wasn't in that motorcade that day. That was just a distraction. They do this stuff. I didn't realize they do all this kind of stuff, but it was a distraction. He wasn't there. He was in a helicopter checking out the installation. Okay? So all of that, and we didn't even see the real deal. But that two-second loss of focus on what we should have been paying attention to, watching where you're going, cost us a life-changing event. Now, isn't God good because it was her left arm and my left shoulder, not our dominant right hand. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. God is always, he's, he's always very merciful. But that's what we want to talk about tonight is the unintentional consequences that are happening to many of our choices that we are not paying attention to. That may have permanent effect to us. Like my arm is put back together but it's screwed back together. They're, they were missing too many pieces of bone. And so the surgeon said to my husband, hey, we did the best we could. We cleaned it up, we, we patched up one, but she didn't have enough bone pieces. So my, my husband the next morning early, because my surgery got over, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning or something. He went home to rest and I didn't even know this conversation. Oh, Tom, it says Tom to move. Tom to move. I'm supposed to go backstage? Fix mic. Okay, I'm... I'm fixing my mic. Back there. Excuse me. I have been given instructions. Okay. That means, I think interpreting, that means that somebody's going to be backstage to do something about her mic. Is that right? Is that a good interpretation? Okay, so the next morning I got up very early and I went out there and I followed, this is what she was going to tell you. I went out there and followed the blood. You can follow the blood. I followed the blood. And I found the piece of bone that was missing in the surgery. Now, of course, he didn't want it the next day. <laughs> okay? But the beauty of it is, and, and, and the Lord has a, a sense of humor, or it's very loving, because that piece of bone was heart-shaped. I've saved it. It's beautiful. I mean, for a broken piece of bone, it's a heart-shaped piece of bone. So my wife has lifelong consequences because she has a, about a half an inch space that's not connected in her forearm. Just connected with screws. I wonder if she's coming back. <laughs> Screws and metal plates, okay? That's a lifelong consequence. Thank you, dear. An unintended consequence. So, works now? It works. I'll what? tell you later. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, I told the rest of the story. I heard that, I heard that. And I'm glad they had our mic, my mic muted back in the back as well. You would have had a different conversation, but anyway. So... I don't know if I heard this part. So I'm held together with screws, and every year I have to go back and have that arm x-ray to make sure the screws are holding, because I don't want to have another surgery. I don't want to have a bone graft. 
So as long as these screws and plates hold, I'm in good shape. Praise the Lord. And that's why I am forbidden to run on the freeze tag field. Me too. So Our surgeon said no more because if you fall down and you re-injure that arm, you are in for a big problem. So I'm being an obedient patient. Yes, but we will be out there, Lord willing, we will be out there tomorrow leading the freeze so tag. So don't run into us and knock us over, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you very much. A little freeze tag advertisement. So unintended consequences. We live in a time in Earth's history where nothing has ever, a time when nothing has ever been more convenient, an easier time in which to live, where we have more things we can communicate in multiple ways with anybody in the world at any time and have all kind of devices that help us to be efficient in life. Can I say something? It just made me think of something. I meant to say... Welcome and greetings to all of those on live stream. That's one of the devices or one of the mediums of technology. So we know that there's people in different places and some in different parts of the world that are watching. So great to have you with us by live stream. So these are good things that we can have. They have purpose, don't they? Our son and daughter-in-law, no, no, no. I gotta say that our daughter and son-in-law have one of these little automated vacuums and they just set it and when she's busy doing other things or they go to the store, it comes on, it goes all over the floor and it's a robotic vacuum. And he got it off Craigslist and our son-in-law's very handy so he fixed it because he got it for a good deal, needed something and now that's how they do the vacuum. She didn't have to get out the old, you know, vacuum. She does sometimes but that's one of the advantages. You know, they're even making cars today that will break for you if you're distracted. That's right. And instead of having an unintended consequence because you were distracted and you run into the back of somebody, the car will stop for you. Mm-hmm. Is that amazing? You pay for that. You pay for that service, but it is true. It's coming out as technology. Okay. You can even just online or on the phone, go to a a company that you can tell them what kind of food you are, what kind of diet you have, and they will send you a week's worth of food pre-prepared along with the recipes to your door. You don't even have to go to the grocery store. It will be sent to you and you've got your home menu planned for the week and it's delivered right to your door and you don't hardly have to chop it up. Is that convenience? So all of these things that are making everything so easy, accessible, so at our fingertips are actually not making our lives more efficient in many ways, but making us more slaved, enslaved, bondage. It's taking us so that we are so accessible so much of the time that we are often driven by our technology, driven by it. I know people today, many people, okay? It used to be, and even a year or two ago, I would say, I know a few people. Today I know many people that are so device-driven that it can be embarrassing. They, some people, and... (laughs) I hope you won't feel this way, but some people get um, a second conscience when Uncle Tom is around. 
because I'm not device driven. I've even been teased, you know, getting older. I've been teased because I don't use my phone for all the things I could be using my phone for. Okay? I still use it for a phone. <laughs> How novel, okay? <laughs> my, my good friend and, and associate, Paul, was, we were having a conversation the other day because my phone wasn't working correctly. <laughs> and we were trying to, he was helping me diagnose the problem. And he, in the course of our communication, he said to me, it could be, <laughs> and he was being dead serious. He said, it could be that the, the phones, you know, he said, nowadays, people don't really use them for phones. They use them for all the other functions. It may be that it's just degenerated in spite of the fact that it's supposed to be getting better. Okay? Can you believe that? How many people... No, don't do that. Anyway, people are being driven by their devices. And I said, you know, don't feel bad, but I've gone into some homes where it is the, the, some of the people in the home are so driven by their devices that they have to sneak a little bit to peek at it because they don't want me to think they're on their phone all the time, on their device all the time. Now, I don't want you to feel that way just because I'm sharing this with you about unintended consequences. But tonight, we're going to be sharing a few things that may make some people uncomfortable. And I don't mind that at all. Okay? Because God makes me uncomfortable when I am not focused on where his steps want me to go. Okay? And so, <clears throat> we don't challenge you on anything that God is not challenging us and that we are honestly addressing in our own lives. But I want you to think for a moment... Okay, I want you to think about your devices. See, I'm speaking of devices. And let me just read you a little reference here. It's taken from First Selected Messages 362. It says, Satan is determined. Did you catch that word? He is determined to try every device to keep the mind blind. Now, when that was penned, I can't tell you that with that the pen of inspiration was thinking about the kind of devices we have today, right? How the term device how is the used today. how it's used today. But do you think that it's true today? Absolutely. It is absolutely true. Some people are so device driven that they are run by them. They cannot be without them. They cannot be without the kind of communication that they're used to. And it's one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight in a little more detail. Because society is changing so rapidly, isn't it? I mean, you think about from 1900 to 1950, okay, we got cars on the road, right? We had, you know, farm equipment, things like that. We even got airplanes in the air. And that was, those were big steps, but now when we think about what can happen, what has happened, you know, in the last five years or 10 years with technology, it is far surpassed any of our greatest imagination. And it's far surpassing the, what the inventors or the creators have 
what their purpose was in developing some of these tools that can make life easier. And now what's happening, while technology is, re- is advancing at such a rapid pace, we see more and more studies being done because society is changing very, very quickly, and there is a direct link to technology and the change in society. Some of those changes is we are more stressed as a people in all first world countries, and really in every country. We were in Africa end of last year, earlier this year, and it was a, a great experience to be there. We were very encouraged by the power of God working in our brothers and sisters there in Africa. Actually, they would put us to shame here. But we saw that no matter how poor people were, people had the latest device, or a device, a smartphone. By the way, how many people saw the posts that we put on the restoration Facebook account? Raise them high. Okay. That's the first time we have ever, ever Facebooked. First time we've ever posted anything. We thought this would be a great opportunity, so we figured out how to do it and we sent one picture a day, so that was fun. So there's good sides to it, but we want to look at what's happening. So there's more stress, there's more discontent, there's a higher rate of depression, especially in the young people. And it's, the research is directly linking the, the rapid increase in depression to the technology and, and where young people are spending their time on these devices, what they see, what they do, who they connect with, who they, you know, those type of things. So this is all happening. Mental and emotional problems are growing. One in four people are being diagnosed now with depression. That's high. There's a loss of natural affection. There's an increase in what I want to do, what pleases me, what self wants to do. The Bible calls it lovers of pleasure, lovers of self. 2 Timothy 3 says that they're not only lovers of self and lovers of pleasure, but that is turning them away from being lovers of God. That's right. And that's a scary thing. It's an unintended consequence. And what happened in Noah's day is beginning to happen in our day. And what happened in Lot's day is beginning to happen in our day. And my wife's mother is living with us full time, has for the last two years. And she's 88 years old. And we were reading family worship uh, a couple of mornings ago. And we were reading about as it was in the days of Lot, so also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And she said to us, and she doesn't often, you know, make comments or or specifically relate something that's out of her heart, but she said, you know, it said in that reading this morning that there came a place where the people in Sodom crossed a line Their cup was full, and fire came down from heaven and destroyed the place. She said, I'm wondering how close we are to crossing that line again. Is that pretty deep? Pretty thoughtful? Mm -hmm. She's 88 years old. Has she seen a lot of life? Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening in the world that we live in today, 
And much of what's happening is happening because the devil is using every avenue he can to take our minds and blind us to the reality of who we are, where we are, and where we're going to unintentionally end up if we don't change course. So we want to focus on what our purpose is. What, our, what direction we are. What is God's will for my life? What is his will for me at this moment? We want to follow in his steps. We have to have that focus. Otherwise, we unintentionally get distracted. It's not, okay, I, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to do this because I know that's going to be. It's just little things that creep into our life, little moments of time that we choose to tune into that device or to that movie or to this whatever, that music, we choose to do that, that unintentionally disconnects us from our, our connection with God. It takes our mind a different direction. And it's not that we're deliberately doing it because we think, oh, well, I'm going to do this. It's because we are not really serious. We're not really thoughtful, the choices that we make one by one, where will those choices eventually lead? What will be the outcome of those choices? So we want to talk for a few moments about social media because it is so prevalent. So we want to share a little bit of, of, you know, what our experience has been. One of the things that that has happened and we're not on Facebook, other than, you know, we've, we had that opportunity through the ministry. Um, but many young people that we know are on Facebook. Many people. Not many people, people, not just young people. Yeah, and I'll share a, a story here later, but it's a, it's a tragedy, actually. Sometimes shocking to find out the difference between people on social media from the people we thought they were face to face. There's a reason for this. Because you can do more on social media because it's not face to face that you would never think of saying or doing face to face. That is one of the unintended consequences of social media. There are many. Okay, and we're going to hit a few of them, but that's one of them, to find out who people become in that social setting versus what they, they project themselves to be in face-to-face settings. Yeah, and I think even in our experience, you know, being in Africa, one, one picture a day posted, and it was interesting to see that, okay, let's see how many people saw this one. You know, curiosity. It happened to me. I want to see how many people saw that. So we get back to her room at night. Oh, wow, that one had 200 people. Look at that. You know, that's, that's nice. But Our what, elephants had 1,900 people. Yeah. I thought mean, that was amazing. <laughs> but it, it goes to show you people overall, you can go back and look at the statistics on those pictures. People were more interested in the elephants than the people. We spent most of our time with the people, and our greatest blessing was in fellowshipping with the people. Amen. And so it, it, it can happen. It's not intentional. But just human nature is curious. I wonder. And my husband said to me, honey, are you becoming 
What did you say? A, you said? Facebooker. A Facebooker. No, I was, and I had to recognize, I had to, you know, pull it back because, yeah, why, what, what matter should it be? We're just trying to communicate with you, but why should it really matter? To me, it does matter to us. That's the thing. And what if I only got two likes out of that picture? And what if another post that maybe Paul put on for the ministry got 20 likes, right? Okay, there it is. None of us are immune to temptation. None of us are immune that that doesn't matter. And I can say that really didn't matter for us, but it, it will happen if we stay there because we want our pictures to be liked, right? We wanted to see who it was that wanted to comment on them, right? Because that's why we do it. That's part of the reason why we do it. We want people to be connected with us in a way when we aren't face-to-face. So, <clears throat> we know a situation, we know lots of situations, but... <clears throat> And probably some of you know people, these are people that we know well, who went to Facebook with absolutely good intentions, no question, but the unintended consequence was they now are divorced and married to someone else that they knew back in school. It's real, real people. This is not just hypothetical. People that we know very well. And the response to that in the heart of some of you is, oh, that would never happen to me. But the response in some of you is that I know exactly how that happened because I've been tempted with it. Because that social media is the type of thing that can draw our hearts in. And we might just, just want to look at that one post of that picture. And 30 minutes later, we've looked at that one, led to this one, led to that one, want to see what this is. And 30 minutes have been chewed up. If there's no negative mental consequences or emotional consequences, there is always the potential of an unintended consequence with time-wasting relative to the steps that God is asking us to take. So what happens is, is that we, when we use these things, and we do use them from time to time. I mean, we text, we, we do the ministry Facebook thing. Emails. I mean, we use technology, but when we use it out of balance, when we are not using it intentionally in the steps that God has for us, what happens is, is we then begin to connect with people who are far away from us and we begin to disconnect to people who are very close to us. And that's what happened in, well, we can name more than one couple, but that's what happened to this couple, a young couple. They were in love. They have a couple of children and he He's working and she's at home taking care of the children. Well, now they're going to school. So she's home being a homemaker and has some extra time. And she's just, you know, catching up with old friends and old friends. And it led from communication over the Internet, communication on the the Facebook, communication with text, to communication. Eventually they met up and eventually he was a knight in shining armor. He had all this time for her. Why? Because her husband's, you know, carrying the full load and working very long hours hours to put a roof over her head and a, and a safe haven for their family. He was devastated, t- 
totally devastated. It, it's, it's tragic, but it's happening all the time. And it's not something that's just happening out there. It's happening within the realms of God's people. These are people we're talking about that we know who are very, very much a part of our church. So I want to say this again because it probably went over the heads of many of us, okay? Often, these devices, and there's all kinds of them, and there's all kinds of connectivity that can happen socially on these devices, often is connecting people who are far away and disconnecting us with the people that are right next to us. And we're going to give you a couple examples, okay? Because, see, that's a good theory. And we've all heard all the theories. But we need to talk about practical. How does this, what does this look like in real life? Because it's happening to many people. And the people it's happening the worst to are either so defensive about it, they don't want to hear about it, or they're so blind to it that they would never imagine that could be me. Okay? So... We were at meetings recently, and a man came up to me and in between the meetings, and he was quite, uh, I want to say, agitated, frustrated, and he said, you guys haven't said anything about social media. And he said, it is, it, it is wrecking my communication with my wife and my oldest daughter. It's, he said, and if I say anything to my wife, he said, he, here's, here's what happens, he said. And he's just feeling pent up. He says, you're talking about communication with my wife. We were, we were talking about communication in marriage in this particular message. He said, I want to communicate with my wife, and she used to want to communicate with me at a deep level. But he says, now, this is what happens. I try to get into a deeper communication and conversation with her, and she's actually on her device while I'm talking to her. Now, he's frustrated. He doesn't know that I realize this is happening all the time. It's happening more and more when we're places and we're communicating with people. And he said, I told my wife, can, can you just put that down so we can communicate? And she said, I'm listening, honey. Just talk to me. I mean, I don't know if you've seen how, how some people's thumbs go on those te texting. I'm telling you, it's mind boggling to me. It's like playing the piano. Sometimes you see some of these good pianists, how, how fast they can move the fingers on the keys. I can't even move my fingers that fast, let alone hit the right keys. And this is on these little devices, and their thumbs are, I cannot make my thumbs go that fast. I'm sure with practice, it could happen. But he said, here's my, my wife, and I'm trying to communicate with her. And she says, just tell me, talk to me. I'm listening. I can multitask. And he said, but what she doesn't understand is the communication is getting less and less and less meaningful. And it's not deep. It's superficial. And now he says, it's happening with my daughter. Well, Dad, I'm listening. Go ahead. Now, is she listening? She's hearing words. She's hearing words. 
She is listening, and some people are better, okay, than others. Generally, women are better than men. But is she also being blinded to something? Absolutely. Do you think she knows it? He's trying to tell her. He sees the difference, but it's not going well because he says in reality, and when I say this, you, you know, say, oh, I don't do this. But he said in reality, she's spending more and more time on social media and less and less time connected to real home. And you'd say, well, I, I wouldn't do that. But I want to challenge you tonight, young and old, because this is not age Okay, yeah, the younger people are more techy naturally, but this is affecting older people as well. I'm going to challenge you tonight. If you think that you're just doing fine in your social networking, in your social media connections, then I want you to, to be willing, okay, just a suggestion. I want you to be willing to look at how much time you are devoting to this kind of communication. And then, I'm talking about writing it down, or you can put it in your device if you want to, if you don't, you, you know, you're not into the pen and paper anymore. Still use a lot of that, okay? But keep track of it, and then talk to the Lord about it. And if the answer isn't good, if you find yourself wanting to justify what you do, stop. Because if you want to be in his steps then you want to be listening to what he's telling us to do, okay? And so these means of communication, which can be a tremendous blessing. I mean, our son Josiah was over in Saigon, no, no not Saigon, Shanghai, recently, and he said, Father, you got to get on WeChat with me. I never heard of WeChat. He said, you can communicate with me. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to worry about having you know, cellular. It doesn't take your, just have Wi-Fi. And you can connect with me over there, and we can communicate. Well, I was so excited that you want to communicate with me in Shanghai, China. That was really exciting for me, OK? For somebody that know, you know, know a little more of our history, you can see why that's really great. But that's good technology. Okay? It's, the blessing. it's a blessing of that. And it's a very intended blessing. But if we are letting the technology run us so that it's interfering with our family communication, with our marriage communication, with our parenting responsibility, whatever it is, let God have inventory into our hearts and see if we need to do something to adjust our steps. Yeah. And as my husband said, if you feel that defensive twinge or justification, that may be a caution that the Lord is saying, maybe we're more connected or we're more addicted or we're more into it than we want to be honest with ourselves. It's not just affecting, you know, couples, it's affecting friendships. We have young people who come to us on, just because they want to share what's on their heart. And I think of some young people, they came to us and said, we had some friends coming to our area. And, and they were so excited and they said, hey, can you pick us up and can you take us over here? And we haven't seen you in a long time. We want to really get connected. So our friends, these young people, they said, sure, we'll do that. You know, young people, they, they go all over now, don't they? They're on all kinds of businesses. And so anyway, 
they made, they, they adjusted their schedule. They made time for their friends they hadn't seen in a while who were coming into their area. They went and picked them up and they were going to take them. And they were so excited they could hardly wait to connect and talk and just share, how's your life? We haven't seen you in a while. And they said, you know, they got in the car and we had our greetings. And then the whole trip, it was like they're, you know, on the devices. They're connecting with this person, that person, somebody else over there and yeah, all over the world. They have friends all over the world, so they're connecting, 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 and they said, we got there. They said, oh, it was so great to be with you. Thanks for, you know, doing that, you know, and we, it was, we just love, you know, spending time with you. And these young people said, we really didn't spend any time. I mean, we talked, but, you know, there would be long periods of silences and, and responses that really didn't fit with the comments that were made because those other young people were checked out. They were, they were locked into what they were doing on the device. So when we have the opportunity to be face-to-face with a friend, be face-to-face with your spouse, be face-to-face in your family, let's do that and connect on a face-to-face level because communication is more than just our words. It's more than just hearing. It's more than just speaking. It's the aura that's the atmosphere around us. It's the nonverbal communication. It's the looking in the eyes. It's it's the connection of heart. It's, It's a sensitivity to body posture and warmth and friendship. I mean, we see it everywhere we go. We saw some ladies, they got together after work. They're going to go to the restaurant after they got done. We, Can I just share one oh, yeah, thing go before ahead. you do that? Sure. Just, I think this is an, another unintended consequence. So these young people who were just sharing with us, they said one of the things that was difficult is that the communication that was happening out there, we don't know what it was. But it made us feel like we must be less important in here Mm -hmm. for them to spend the majority of their time out there. That, I'm sure that those other friends did not mean it that way. Mm -hmm. That was not the intention of their heart to say, you know, the, the hours that I could have with you, I need to be communicating out there. It wasn't intended, I don't believe, that that was the message, but that's the message that came through, the unintended consequence of that broken communication. Because these young people thought that they were going to have a great connection time with friends that they hadn't been with for a while, but it didn't turn out that way. It was an unintended consequence that can happen when we're not sensitive to the realities of the deeper communication. Now, go ahead. Well, I just was, and there's dozens of examples. That restaurant example. Yeah. I mean, these three ladies came, you know, went out to dinner after they got off work, and they went out to have time together. It was interesting to watch that as they sat down, as soon as they, before they ever got their order in, they looked at the menu, they, they, they picked out what they wanted, they shared with each other what they're going to get, then they put the menu down, and all three of them went right to their device. And they're having dinner out together, right? We're going to have a ladies' night out after work. And they hardly spoke a word except what they're going to eat and did you like what you got. And it was so nice to be together. But they were, they were together physically, but they weren't. The entire time, they're just, you know. We're sitting at our little table for two at Olive Garden. And just, you know, obviously we weren't just watching them, but it was unavoidable to see the disconnect And at the end of it, to hear their comments to each other about how great it was to be together. 
I mean, unless they were texting each other, we don't know that. But they were not communicating to each other verbally. But when they got up, it was just like the standard answer. It's like, oh, it was so good to we be together. We often. should do this. It's like, we're sitting over there. And I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry about what's happening in communication. And I said to someone recently, and, and I was actually praying that if the Lord wanted me to say this, he would bring it to my mind. Because this kind of goes deep, at least in my heart, okay? I was thinking about the generation of young people today, and it's so great. We love you young people. And we've watched many of you grow up. But I was saying to my wife, and, and we were in a conversation with another couple, and I said, do you realize that one of the unintended consequences that's happening to the next generation is that plenty of research, and we read this because we do these kind of things, and we read a lot of marriage research, the statistics, we read this because we want to stay in tune, but one of the things that's happening that's been proven over and over again is that when you predominantly text communication, even if you use those little emoticons or emojis or whatever they call them, those little pictures, those little smiley faces and stuff, that there's no way that you can communicate the emotion in this. And I know young people today that do almost everything by text. Now here's, here's what I'm gonna say to you, and, and you take it for what it's worth, but this goes deep with me. If this trend continues as it is going apace right now. And as they predict. As though. they predict, but if this continues, time lasts, we're gonna see a generation of young people that have such limited verbal and emotional depth because they're doing so much in abbreviated communication. I've already seen it in some young people because we're with young people all the time, I mean a lot of the time in, in these retreats, that this communication level, because it's already today, forget the future, today it has been proven over and over again that text communication minimizes and almost eliminates the emotion connected in the conversation. It takes out all facial expression. 80% of communication is nonverbal, minimum. So you have the other 20% you're texting, and it has been shown over and over again that marriages between married couples and parent-child relationships, that they deteriorate, they degenerate the more volume of text communication that happens in those relationships. So imagine what's gonna happen in another generation. Yeah, when that becomes the mode of communication. And this is the kicker right here. And when I said this, the lady of the, the, that we were talking to, this is, this is what I said. The tragedy is that these young people will not even know it has happened. They will not even know that it has happened. Because young people today, there are a lot of young people that open up to us, and I, I praise God for that, partly because a lot of them, have, we've grown up together. I mean, our children have grown up with them, so our baby's 30 years old. So we've got a lot of young people that we're connected to, and some of you are here in this place tonight. 
I praise God for that. And they open up to us and they share the other side of this. And when I said that about they won't even know because they will have nothing to compare it to unless they come and talk to Grandma and Grandpa Tom and Elaine (laughs) or Great Grandma and Grandpa. And we tell them, oh, honey, let me tell you what it's like to have emotion in your conversation. Let me tell you about what it's like to have real deep romance. (laughs) Really? Back in the old days, you had that? It's like, yes. It's getting better every day. (laughs) That's tomorrow night. We're on. Sorry. Anyway. So, the sad part of it is, and this lady that we were talking to, another husband and wife, and she said, that is scary. It's frightening. Because it is so believable with the trend that we see happening. Mm-hmm. I know people today, again, people that, that, that I love and care for, and they do 90% of their communication with everybody on text. Do you understand that when that happens, you're dealing with abbreviated thought processes? You're dealing with communication that is choppier. Because you're not doing emails, because if you're going to do emails, you're just going to type it out. You can type it out, put the words in, all the thoughts. No, no, you're just doing the thumbs up thing and just... The basics. The basics. And that communication will cause degeneration. I know I'm going to get some people upset at this, but that's okay. It's going to cause degenerative communication disease in the brain. I just made that up. It's not in my notes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. University you can of, put a name on that, Doc. Okay. <laughs> University of Oxford. They did, they did a study, and they are looking at text communication between couples, either married couples or couple couples who are in love, and they have discovered that those couples who primarily communicate through technology, primarily texting, Uh, even though they put all the little signs and symbols in there with the red lips and the little hearts and all those things, they found that those couples rated, they were less happy and content in their relationship than those who communicate verbally, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, even on the phone verbally. It was, it's amazing studies that are being done because we see the unintended consequences in society. And we're wondering why is society falling apart so quick? Why are we seeing such drastic turns in people's concepts and the boldness and the, the crossing boundaries and all these things? These, these are some of the areas that have made it more easy or easier to cross over because we wouldn't do those things or say those things or whatever face to face. So we have to be sensitive that we are following in his steps. If we are not intentional, if we don't keep our focus on the path and we look off to see you know, the motorcade, we look off to see what's the next new thing, we look off to see this or who said that or what did they just do or where were they just yesterday. If we keep looking off we're going to get off the path and we're going to have an unintended consequence somewhere down the line. I got one other thing that I, that's, that's sort of a burden on my heart, okay? And it goes way back to my father who, who I have always loved and respected for 
instilling in me a very good work ethic. Okay? So, one of the unintended consequences that's happening today within this framework of social media, and we see it lots of places, and it is not our imagination. Many, many young people today are losing the ability to be hard workers, to get outside, to, to persevere at projects outside. They are becoming more and more content and desirous of just being inside, just doing whatever they do with their devices. And I'm not just limiting these devices to phones. That's right. It can the be gaming, the all, all kinds of stuff. They're losing, and this is a general statement, and again, I know a lot of young people here that know how to work, but what will happen in the next generation? They're losing their focus, their ability to persevere with outside things, some even to get them out in nature is becoming more challenging because they're device driven. If that is happening to you, let the Lord take inventory of your life. And parents, many fathers are missing beautiful opportunities to connect with their children because fathers are caught in this, surfing the web, going for their cave time, their man time, whatever you want to call it, unwind time, and they're, they're on their devices and they just need a break. What are we giving our young people? Is it going to end up with an unintended consequence because we have been so disconnected in our families through tools that in and of themselves can be great blessings, but that are disconnecting us in our homes and causing us to go off of the path that God has prepared for us. First Selected Messages, page 318. Every device of Satan will be used to accomplish our ruin. It doesn't, it's not limited to technology. There's other kind of things out there. But I think it's very interesting that God impressed upon the, the pen of Ellen White to use that word because it's, it's, it has a new meaning today. And we are living in the time when we are on the edge of eternity. I think we all agree with that. We see prophecy being fulfilled in front of us on an almost daily basis, don't we? And if we are not intentionally focused in following in his steps, we're going to just by a moment without focusing, without purpose, without intention, we're going to be setting our feet on a course that we don't realize where it's going to take us and how quick we can get there. We have to be careful of those unintended consequences. So tonight, as we close, we're going to ask you, after we pray, and the piano plays softly for two or three minutes, we're going to ask you to individually consider what am I doing, Lord, that I don't intend to be doing? I mean, there's willful sin. We all know what that's like. There's willful going against God. But Lord, open my eyes to 
to the unintended consequences that are, that are ahead of me. Lord, I'm open to you tell me what you want me to do. If I'm spending too much time on these devices that can be a blessing and a tool for you, if it's taking me in the wrong direction, if it's keeping me from connecting with my family, if it's affecting negatively the relationships around me while I'm building relationships out there, Lord, open my eyes so that I can stay in the steps that you have planned for me. So we're going to deal together. If you end up wanting to talk about it as a family, after the music stops... Or during the music... No, we're during the music. But, but if you want to just stay around and quietly talk about it after the piano stops, everybody else can feel free to leave and, and you can have a little time, a family discussion, and make some decisions. So let's, let's go to our knees and ask the Lord. Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you love us enough to tell us the truth. Things are changing so quickly in the world that we live in that we, we need to know that the changes that we're, we're going through ourselves are, are keeping us where you want us to be or taking us in a direction toward unintended consequences that we never imagined. Lord, help our hearts to be open to you, that you could speak to us. We want to do your will. We want to be following in the steps of our Savior. And we need you to open our eyes. Bless us, Lord. Keep us on the straight and narrow path. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.